Welcome to the Covenant Life Center podcast. We're so thankful that you chose to listen to this message. To get more connected with us, you can look us up on all social media at CLC Victoria and download our app. Now, here's this week's message. Luke chapter 8, verse 22 and 33 says, Now it came to pass on a certain day that he went into the ship with his disciples, and he said unto them, Let us go over to the other side of the lake. And they launched forth, and as they sailed, he fell asleep. And there came down a storm of wind on the lake. And they were filled with and, and they were filled with water and, and were in jeopardy. And they came to him and awoke him, saying, Master, Master, we perish. Then he arose and he rebuked the wind and the raging of the waters. And they ceased. And there was calm. Everyone say calm. That's what you need in your life right now, just some calmness. And they said, where, he said, where is your faith? As he said unto them, and they being afraid wondered, saying one to another, what, what manner of man is this? <laughs> For he commandeth even the winds and the water, and they obey him. And they arrived at the country of the Gadarenes, which is over against Galilee. And when he went forth to the land, there met him out of the city a certain man, which, as he went out to the land, he met a certain man, which he had devils a long time, which uh, he wore no clothes, neither abode in any house, but in the tombs. When he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell before him with a loud voice. And what I have, he said, what do I have to do with thee, Jesus, thou son of the most high? Notice, notice this. The devil looked at Jesus. The spirits that were in that man looked at Jesus. And he said, what business do we have with each other? What do we have to do with the son of the most high? Say most high. He had the higher place of authority in his life. He had the upper hand over what was in that man. What was in Jesus was greater than what was in the man who had many devils. One God against many devils, it's, it, they're outnumbered. How many of you believe that you have one God in you? One God. I beseech thee, torment me not. For he had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man. For oft times he had caught him, and he kept him bound in chains and fetters. And he broke the bands, and, and the devil was the devil was driven uh, and was driven of the devil into the wilderness. But but Jesus asked him, saying, "What is thy name?" And he said, "Legion," because many devils were entered into him, and they besought him that he would not command them to go out into the deep. And there was there was a herd of many swine feeding on the mountain, and he besought him, and they besought him that he would suffer them to enter into them. And he suffered them. That means he left them. He said, can we go into the swine? And he said, go ahead and go. And they went and the devils and went the devils out of the man and entered into the swine. Then listen to this. And the herd ran violently down a steep place in the lake and were choked. <laughs> the devil said, we don't want them. 
and went and drowned themselves. Jesus' authority in your life is much greater than you know. Sometimes we shy away from challenges. Sometimes we complain about problems. But the answer to your problems and challenges rest inside of you. And the answer is yes, God can, God will, God wants to. That's what God wants to do for you. It's time for all of us to recognize that authority God's given us and to help us realize nothing can stop who's in you. I want you to turn to your neighbor right now. Turn to somebody and tell them, nothing can stop who's inside of you. Say it, no one, not one person, nothing can stop what's inside of me or what's around me with God. How many of you believe that this Sunday morning? Give God some love. And somebody say, God bless his word today. You can be seated. God bless you. Thank you for standing. Thank you for doing that. I know that I know that many times in life you and I always always look at a situation and judge it by who we are in our natural man who we are when we are in our weaknesses in our life in our weak moments we judge ourselves by the integrity and by the by the trouble our reaction to trouble and we judge ourselves by past failures Because some people can't let go of failure. They can't let go of the thought in their mind. They can't really comprehend how how that that God, the loving God, the most powerful Savior, uh, the only Savior, um, the God who created all the ends of the earth, why would he love me and why would he help me? A lot of people have a struggle with that. And they may not say it. They may not say it. But in their mind and in their spirit, they lack a revelation. Because the truth is, if we really did believe, if we really did believe that he cared about us, we wouldn't be fearful. We wouldn't have anxiety. Anxiety would be a zero. It would be at an all-time low if people knew the peace of God that he had for them and experienced it. Stress. You wouldn't have hatred and bitterness. You wouldn't deal with any weaknesses that you have in your body and humanity because of your trust and faith in God. Because trusting and and having faith in God brings an experience. That's what makes our God better and bigger than any other false God in this world. Our God is alive. Our God is a living spirit. Our God's word never fails. Our God loves us so much he gave his only begotten son for us that whoever believes in him is never going to perish but have eternal life. That's the kind of God we serve, a God who loves you. If you believe that, say amen. Amen. God loves you so much. God cares about you so much. He went to the cross for you so you wouldn't have to go through the pain. Everything Jesus experienced was for you. But no one has the ability even then, even though that we, if we have a revelation or an understanding about this, no one has the ability to control the weather. No one has the ability to control the wind or the rain. You can try to restrict the wind and the rain by limiting it and going into your homes, being in shelter. But yet nothing in you except God has the authority to be over that kind of element. 
The reason why is because God created those things. God formed those elements that we deal with. Storms are a product of nature, right? The high, the low pressure, the condensation. God is everywhere, just like air and oxygen is everywhere. Like the clouds, the clouds are everywhere, right? But when those clouds get into a certain atmospheric pressure or certain temperature that comes, high pressure, low pressure, wherever it's coming from, and then weather, all of those clouds come into a certain place and they're concentrated and they transform into rain. God is everywhere just like that. But wherever there's an atmosphere set for him, his spirit falls. Whether you agree with this or not, I believe that God is everywhere. David said, even if I made my bed in hell, you are there. That doesn't mean that people feel the presence of God there. It just simply means that God is everywhere. It's impossible for him not to be. So I'm going to say something you may disagree with, but I want you to hear me. So God is in church just like God's at a bar. What's the difference if God is everywhere? David said hell, well, that's, that's not hell, but, you know, it's, it's just not a, it's not a godly place or a place that you would think God would be there. But the difference is there people respond to different kinds of music and entertain themselves. Here we're entertaining the spirit of the Lord. In our spirit we dance with him. In our spirit we love him and we drink the new wine, Right? See, so in here, we worship him. As the band plays, we lift up our hands. How many of you have ever gotten wild at a concert before, and it wasn't Christian music, and you got happy about it? It's okay to go to a concert. It's all right. I've been to concerts many times, but, but I've also been in a church service where I enjoyed what I felt, but I'm never going to let anything hold me back from my response because where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. And so God's presence is concentrated in this atmosphere, not in others, because he's not getting any praise there. And here, he's getting the attention. So he manifests himself. He manifests himself in this environment because hearts are hungry for him, because you're focused on him, because you're intended to experience him. God is everywhere. So let's, let's, let's go back to this point. If God's in your good times, then God is also in your bad times. If God is in your trouble when you're in, in debt, God will also be in your, in your blessings when you're paid for. Everything's good. Things are going well. He has no respect of circumstance, lifestyle, economic well-being or depravity. He's depravity. He's not, he's not respect. He's no respecter of anything, any purpose. No matter what you've been called to do, God wants to help you. No matter where you're at, God wants to help you. And there's nothing that can withhold him. What withholds God from manifesting himself? It's us. How many of you believe that you can feel God in your car while you're driving down the road? What do you normally do when you want to feel God in your car? You turn on gospel music or some kind of worship music. You listen to the word of God possibly. And you begin to think on him. What does that do? By faith, you are now inducting. You are now 
transforming the environment because you are giving the attention to what's and who's inside of you. And you can have the Spirit of God fill that car. You can have the Spirit of God fill your prayer closet. You can have, we can have it right now. And he's here, but if you want more of him, let me give you a secret. Every single person get the same mind, get the same desire for God, yearn from him in your spirit, and you're going to see a manifestation of God's presence here. That was a challenge in case you missed it. That was a challenge. Even online, at home, right there where you're listening, you can experience God right there if you'll just get rid of your problems in your mind. Just, just for a moment, just lay him down. If you'll stop worrying about what's going to happen tomorrow, forget about what happened last night, this week. But in this one moment, concentrate how many of you ladies ever bought a cleaning liquid from the store that said, it's a concentration? Higher doses of every chemical in that one bottle that you can extend to otherwise you add water to use it more. Well, in the church, what's going on is the Holy Ghost is concentrating his spirit in you. And this is why you get strength throughout the week, because it's concentrated. How many of you got that? It's concentrated. You're concentrating on him. Concentration in your mind brings a, concentrate, brings a concentration of his spirit. See, here's what happens. God is everywhere. But we allow outward elements to define and changes our present challenging circumstances. In this portion of Scripture, Jesus was resting in the storm while the, the disciples were, were scared, worried about the storm. And in this, in this story, Jesus stands up and says, Peace be still. He rebuked the wind and the rain. Every, see, every high and low pressure, all temperature differential, the gust of wind that came in that started through the hills and the valleys of the land that came into the, into the waters that caused, that, that caused the, the bellows to go up and hit the sides of, the, of that boat and, and everything that was, was happening in that moment obeyed his voice. All of those elements all of those elements, the weather elements, the wind, the temperature, the pressure, everything, the condensation, everything just stopped and obeyed his voice. Those things don't have ears, but you see the creator who made all those things had a voice and they listened. Everything that we have in this world was meant for us to take dominion over and because God blessed us with that influence and authority. You can command things, but you can never command people. You can't control people. Some of you, that's your storm right now. Your storm is relationships, problems in relationships possibly, but you can't control a person, but God inside of you can work on that person's heart. If you'll love them, 
If you learn to concentrate him, concentrate on him, concentrate on him, focus on him, and learn that he can do more with your worship than he can your worry. He can do more with your worship than he can with your worry. And so to prove that, not only does he control the elements, I mean, listen, if you ever prayed for rain, you got it today. Someone praise God for that. I mean, listen, you, you, you know, if you did pray for it, you got it today. Well, I prayed for it last year. Well, you got it today. <laughs> what? God didn't answer my prayer. Yes, he did. You got it today. It may not have come when you wanted it, but it came right on time, right? The same thing happens in our life with blessings and, and answers to prayer. We forget. We forget, guys. We don't, we don't recognize what God is doing. And he proved himself in the scripture to the disciples. They were going to have to remember that moment. They were going to have to remember. I remember when we went on a fishing trip or went on a trip in the lake of, of, of the Gadarene. No, the, what is that lake? Galilee. Excuse me. The Sea of Galilee. I remember and then we were going into the Gadarenes. I remember that time. I remember that because later on, they were going to be in storms. Later on, they were going to be facing devils. And also, I remember what they were going to say to themselves. I remember when, when Jesus faced that, that man that had all those demons. He didn't have to say one word. He came to him on the beach, on the shore, and what was in him recognized the authority that was in Christ. Do you know you have that same kind of influence? Yes, you do. You ever wonder why, you ever wonder why you get around certain people and what's inside of you really irritates them? Don't let that be you. But have you ever recognized that? Why don't I just can't get along with them. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what I've done. You didn't do nothing wrong. It's who you are and who you represent sometimes. That may not be everybody, but when you have God inside of you, remember, it's a light. he's a light. And remember, if that other person is dealing with spirits or they're entertaining things in their life or living in sin, this is what happens. Darkness cannot stand the light. And especially if you're loving and you're forgiving some people are used to living in the hate. Unless people have just drama in their life, they can't survive. They got to fight with me all the time. They got to argue with me all the time. Well, that doesn't mean you have to. What you don't feed doesn't grow. But inside of you, you have someone who can withstand every challenge and get you through every circumstance, and there isn't one devil, there isn't one storm that can stop you. There isn't one devil or one storm, any kind of a storm. So let me ask you, what kind of a storm are you in right now if you're going through one? What or who is your storm? Secondly, what, what are you fearing right now from stopping you to go where God wants you to go in your life? What's restricting you from being everything God wants you to be? Ask yourself that question. Why am I not happy? Why am I frustrated? Why am I not content? 
Sometimes you're the only one that can really ask you the hard questions. And you have to be honest with yourself. You're going to have to ask yourself, write this down. You're going to have to ask yourself the hard questions no one will. They're afraid to ask you. No, hombre, I'm not going to talk to her today, man. No, hombre, I'm not going to call him. He's just going to get mad. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes silent is golden. Silence is golden. And here's what you have to remember. The change that happens in your life, you have to give it permission. It can't, nothing can affect you unless you permit it to. Unless you permit it to. Thank you, Lord. Unless you permit it, you don't have to allow anything to push you, change you. You see, I give God all the permission in my life already. I've said, Lord Jesus, you can have my life. He's got permits, right? He's got permission. And there are some things because I have given him permission to come into every area. You see, God is a gentleman, folks. He is a gentleman. He is not going to force himself into your life. He has to be invited. That's why Peter was smart. He said, Lord, if it's you on the water, ask me to come. Ask me to come. Lord, if this is you, then come. Ask me, Father, to step into that circumstance or, or that ministry or that, that, that area of expertise or that career or this relationship, and I'll step in. Because I know if you've given me permission, it's going to work out. How many of you have been given, you've been given permission for certain things in your life right now? You get, God gave you permission to start a business. God gave you position, uh, permission to, to do a ministry. God gave you permission to get involved in a relationship. Or God gave you permission to do something. If God gave you permission, then God is going to make sure that you never fail. Because outside the will of God is no success. But inside the will of God, there is no failure. There is no failure. Um, point number one, I want to bring this to your attention really quickly. Uh, point number one is, he set us in the highest place of authority. That's why when he got to the sea, uh, the seashore of the Gadarenes, the devil even said, <laughs> called him the most high, the most high, called him the God of the most. I'm telling you right now that, that his position in this world, his position that he had in this world was higher than any devil, any creation, anything, because he was there in the beginning. Read John chapter 1, the gospel of John chapter 1. In the beginning, in the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. And there is nothing in this world that was made without him. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. He formed everything. And then not only that, everyone, but listen, he walked in this world, he ascended up on high, 
and he overcame death, hell, and the grave, but he also put his spirit inside of you. So what does that tell you today? What does that tell you? You have someone inside of you. Listen, you know when he went into the heavens, he was seated at the right hand of the Father. You know what that means? Seated at the right hand of the Father. He went into heavenly places, right? How many of you agree with that? He went into heavenly places. So if he went into heavenly places, then the scripture says he sat down in that position at the right hand of the Father. Now, remember I told you God is everywhere? Remember that? I told you God is omnipresent. He's everywhere. But he concentrates himself where, again, God dwells among the what? Praises of his people. That's where God dwells. And so whenever you experience God, it's because you have concentrated on him and he concentrated his spirit. Now, God is everywhere. The omnipresence of God. So how can Jesus sit at the right hand of someone that's everywhere? The, the, the word right hand is a, is a Jewish term, meaning place of authority, not literally a right hand. Have you ever said to someone, hey, this is my right-hand man? Well, it was a place of authority. So in other words, he was telling him, telling the world that I'm giving him a higher place in authority. Let me explain this. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 19 and 22. What is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe according to his working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ? when he raised him from the dead and he set him in his own right hand in heavenly places. In heavenly places, folks. That's what this is right here. Heavenly places. The kingdom of God. And he sent him there. In this diagram, I'm going to explain it in a moment, but I want to break it down so you can understand in your mind how this works. Far above, did he not say far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. And have put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things in the church. How many of you believe you're part of the body of Christ? Are you the feet of God? Then that's Satan's ceiling. The highest he can go is the bottom of, the, of the body, his body's feet. If you allow him to go past that to affect your mind and your heart, you've allowed him to. But God's given you the authority to keep him down. Some of you need to do that physically right now to stop your feet a little bit, get your muscle memory going, and in your mind recognize that I'm not going to let hell try to come up and bother me and my family. You have to stay down because I have the authority. Why? Here, he sat us together with him in heavenly places, with Christ. We are seated, to, seated together with him. So it means that when, when God gave Jesus that place of authority, he also gave us that right since he put his spirit inside of us and we took on his name. The name of Jesus just isn't any name. There have been people in the, this is funny, but 
there have been people in the Latino culture that has the name Jesus. And I guess, you know, not fully understanding, they wanted to honor God. And I think possibly, or they liked it. I don't know. But I promise you, you're not going to call Jesus that you know down the street to answer your prayers. <laughs> right? I mean, <laughs> and I can say this because I'm Latino, but, you know, he may do your yard well, but he doesn't answer your prayers well, right? <laughs> uh, you can comment on Facebook, whatever, I don't care. <laughs> what I'm saying to you is we know the difference. When we think of our Lord Jesus Christ, we are thinking and know someone who's not only for us, but in us. Let me say that again. We are calling on someone who's not just around us, prepared and sees all things, but he's also inside of us. This is why he has the upper hand. He knows the end from the beginning, because not only is he inside of you, he's outside of you also. You understand what I'm trying to tell you? He's in heavenly places, and this is where we have the battles. He is above all these things, but you have to see it as a collision course between heaven and hell in heavenly places, and I'll prove this to you in the Scripture. But Ephesians 2 and 1 through 7 says, And you have he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sin. This is where you were. You lived life in the body, and you had your own soul that was neither influenced by God, but this right here. You're influenced by this. We all used to be. Trust me. You want to know why some people, when they get saved, there's a radical change? And you look at them and you knew them? I have people that come up to me all the time in high school and they say, man, I never would have thought you would be a pastor. People thought it was just a gimmick when they first heard about it, but then after the years, I guess God validated that, right? You know why there's a radical change? You want to know why God had a radical change for me? Let me, let me share my story just for a moment and tell you that in my life, I was very susceptible to certain spirits. I would listen to certain music. I would drink or smoke certain things that I allowed to alter my thinking. Therefore, when you have an altered thought process, you're more susceptible to the things in this heaven, in this realm. My soul and my spirit was, was susceptible to, to evil, to darkness. And I didn't hesitate to respond to that influence in my body. And that's why I acted that way in this earth. Because whatever happens in the heavenly realm, see, I never, I never gave God a chance to come into my spirit to come into my soul, but I only allowed this. Notice the equipment, they're both black because truly the flesh is dark. The flesh, you can never trust it. You can't, cast, you can't cast flesh out. You have to deal with it on a daily basis. Go on a fast for 21 days and you'll be all right for a little while and it'll help you a whole lot. But it's a consistent denying of this flesh because it will pop up again, folks. And a lot of people are living in this realm, and they're allowing influences to come in. This is where jealousy, fear, envy, spirits that work in with this come into your soul, and they influence your world. That's what happens. Let me make this a little bit clearer. 
that's where the influence comes into. That's where everything happens. You open yourself to it, and now you're being influenced by it. And the reason why for me that I allowed certain things, lust, everything, because I was open to that feeling in here. My body liked the feeling. My mind was entertained by it because of my thoughts. And my spirit, that's where the spirits came in because my spirit was receptive, receptive. And that's many times where addictions start too. But this is what happened. There was a day that God saved me. Somebody told me in my mind about the gospel. In my body, I went to church. And because I went to church, everyone knew, and they started recognizing I was being an influence. Then someone told me that you can worship God and lift your hands and release your emotions and engage with that unseen force that makes itself visible by faith when you engage with it. Did you catch that? Sometimes I say some technical things. I'm a technical mind. You know, I used to be a, a technician when I worked out in the world. I was an INE technician. I was an instrumentation technician. I worked for a generation plant. So I'm very analytical in, those, in that mindset. But I'm also very analytical with, with our experience with God. And Scripture lines up with this. The, the Scripture says that his spirit becomes one with ours. It says in, in, in the Bible that the, can, the spirit of man is like the candlestick of the Lord. It lights our spirit. It influences there. So when someone told me you can have an engagement with that, my mind, the part that's more susceptible to heavenly places, now engage with him through worship. And my environment was changed because my body was changed. My body experienced it. But then after that, my attitude changed and my world was affected. And because I was so easy to be influenced by spirits, by feelings, by when someone told me, let's go get high, I was like, let's go. When someone told me, and I know that may be kind of candid, but I have to be transparent with you and tell you that I wasn't raised in church. Therefore, I know what it's all about out there. Now, my kids are different. I think they have a greater testimony from them because they were never allowed God to do that in their life. And I think that needs to be applauded to any young person out there. All the other young people that are living for God. All of those boys back there that have never experienced that. Luke, I don't think you've ever done anything like that either. I mean, who else? Young people in here, it don't ever let anybody affect you or make fun of you because you live for God and it's, you know, because you think that you're not cool because of it. I'm telling you right now, that's a greater testimony. That's why I have so much respect for some of these young men, young people, young ladies, because they have kept themselves. Well, not me. I wasn't raised in church. I just wasn't raised in church. I didn't know nothing about it. But when God saved me and I stopped long enough, I'm going to tell you what changed me. What changed me was me realizing, because my wife and I, we got married and we we're having a baby, and I realized, hold on a second, I'm going to have a child, and I'm, now I'm responsible for that child. It did something to me to think about a baby. Life is precious. But a baby in my home 
me taking care of it, the taking care of it. The scariest part of that process with the baby being born and all that was right after they gave us the child and they gave us Haley and they said, now she's yours. And we walked outside the hospital doors. Or like this, holding the... Now what? You should have seen us on our ride home. Hazard lights on. <laughs> I think we had the hazard lights on. Oh, my gosh, you should have seen it before the baby came. I stopped at the gas station, lost my keys at the gas station. Oh, my gosh, it was so bad, so nervous, but afterwards even more nervous. But I realized, man, I need God. And I've got an experience with God. Someone invited me to church. And let me tell you something. I learned that everything I experienced back then, everything I was so sensitive to, all it did was make me more sensitive to the things of God. I'd listen to every voice that was spoken to me from the dark side, but when I got into the church, I could hear his voice so much clearer too. I drank and did drugs when I was living in the world, but then I became addicted when I became part of God's kingdom. That's what happens. That's what happens. And it's not about me not being able to do things. I don't ever think about that with God. I think about just everything I get to do with God. Every feeling I have, every emotion, everything. My, 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 my honor goes out to all of those, all of you who choose to do right in a world that can be confusing and challenging and filled with pure pressure because there is a constant battle here, folks. The battle, and they're trying to win, what they're trying to win is you. There's a collision. That's why the Scripture said, you used to be, you used to be children of darkness. You were right here one time, but God, the scripture says, brought you out of darkness into his marvelous light. He brought you out of darkness into his marvelous light. But here's the thing you have to recognize. You are still in the place of being vulnerable and susceptible because your soul, spirit, and body are still in that moment right there in that place that you have a choice. You have a choice. Whether you allow the Spirit of God to influence you or you allow darkness to influence you. And all of that many times is based on how you feel. And if how you feel, if you're always depressed or you're always feeling down because your thinking is wrong, if you're always feeling insecure, whatever it may be, your flesh will now influence your soul and that will attract to your spirit and you just now induct whatever you feel. Because remember, fear, fear is a product of insecurity and vice versa. Because fear, listen, still attracts things. You know what, you know what fear is? It's faith in reverse. Fear is faith in reverse. And just like it takes faith 
to get God in here. Listen, without faith, it's impossible to please him, right? Without faith, it's impossible to please him. So that tells me through faith, we engage with God and we feel something inducted into our life. And I use the word induction because it's a technical term, really like electricity and motors. And motors that you have, even in your vacuum, it takes electricity to hit an induction and make an induction form to turn that rotor and that wheel and, and so forth. In cars, it takes an, in, an induction or a movement of implosion from chemicals in that engine, and it implodes, it moves a shaft, it turns that all the wheels. Listen, regardless of what you're moving, it takes power. And the only power that you're really gonna need in this world is the power that comes from God, God's power in your life. And as long as you have the power of God, there is nothing in hell, there is nothing in the spirit world that can alter and change because greater is he inside of you right here, that in the world, greater is he that's inside of you. This is greater. Greater. Less than. But still, you're in the middle. So that's why I'm telling you, whether you recognize it or not, you are still in the battle because you're right in the middle. Hell can't get to God. Hell can't defeat this area. So what has hell tried to do? Who's in the middle? You are. You're right there. And that's why hell wants to move on you and influence and change your world. You know what God is actually doing with the kingdom of God? The good news was when Jesus came into this world was that what he preached, study it. Go and study the Bible. And read this. He did not preach anything else but the kingdom of God. He prophesied about his death, burial, and resurrection. He talked about him going through and suffering. He prophesied that to his disciples and to certain people. But when he taught, what did he teach? He taught the kingdom of God. That was the good news. People don't, Jesus was the only way to get the good news into your life. That's what makes him so significant. The good news was the gospel that Jesus died, was buried, and resurrected. The good news was Jesus taught the gospel. The good news was is that God was going to give us a kingdom inside of us. That word kingdom also is also synonymous for Holy Ghost. The kingdom of God is not meat nor drink. Read it but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. That's what the Bible says. So the kingdom of God is the Holy Ghost. Is that wrong or right? Amen if it's right. Okay, thank you. The kingdom of God is inside of you. What is the kingdom of God? Well, if I told you that there was a king that lived in a kingdom, if I gave you the name of the king you can identify it with his kingdom because that's where he lived, right? Well, who's the king of kings? Where does he live? He's in the kingdom, right? Because every king is in his kingdom. And where did he say he was going to live? Don't be afraid. He's going to live in you? Is that what the Bible said? John chapter 14, 
Is that what he said? In my father's house or my father's family are many mansions. The word mansion comes from the Greek word that means abode, an abiding place. In that same portion of scripture in the next chapter, he talks about the comforter that he's going to get and put inside of us. Oh, that'll mess with your theology. Yeah, go study that. I believe there are mansions in heaven, but that word mansion was actually referring to the mansions and the abode of the family of God where he was going to make his temple, which is now you. Right there. Whether you want to or not, you're in the battle. Whether you like it or not, you're in the war. Because you're right in the middle. And until we get to heaven and this body is done away with, then the soul and the spirit will live for eternity with the kingdom of God. The kingdom, the spiritual places is where Jesus said he sat us together with him. Spiritual places, heavenly places, is a very specific definition of a place separated and consecrated, a certain place in him. Heavenly places. And in those places, in the heavenly realm, does not necessarily mean it's all God, but he sat on the highest place of authority in that realm. This is why when Daniel prayed, Daniel was praying, and the angel appeared to Daniel and said, I've heard you, God heard you on the first day, but we were busy fighting for you, fighting with you in heavenly places, and I had to get to you. Do you remember that? How many of you remember that? Raise your hands. You remember that. You see, this is where Daniel was in fighting. He was praying in the spirit. He was praying in his soul and spirit in this area to God. And in turn, God had to move and fight what was trying to fight him through other people in this world. That's where hell moves people. People need to understand that when you're fighting people or things, you're not really fighting people and things. You're fighting the spirit that's influencing behind them because there's somebody around you, somebody that just doesn't get it, somebody that just doesn't understand that, that there are some things in this world, there are some things happening. I mean, you got people in your life over here. Okay, let's just make them like that, you know. It's not, they're not happy people, right? And, and then you got other people over here. You know, they're, they're, they're good people. Very, that's better. When somebody blesses you, do you realize that, that they're being influenced by God and they come and affect you? When people give you a hard time, do you recognize they're being influenced by somebody else? So you don't pray against the person. That's witchcraft. And you're trying to infuse God's will uh, your own will, not God's will. When somebody tries to infuse their own will, listen to me very closely, because there are some people that don't realize this. When you, you should never pray for someone when you're, <laughs> when you're angry at them and you're trying to tell God to pass judgment. That's not God's will. That's witchcraft. Look, what, look up what witchcraft means. It's rebellion. You're actually, there are Christian people. I'm going to say something to you, and, I, and don't judge anybody. Don't look around. But there are certain people that say they are Christian. 
that are really operating under witchcraft when they are hurt, when they're confused, when they have their own agendas, when things are going on, and they pray the judgments of God. No, 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 no. You are never meant to pray the judgments of God on people. You're meant, Jesus said, pray for your enemies. Bless those that do you wrong. Pray for them. Why? He was more concerned about your spirit than he was anything else. But he said he would take care of them. Sometimes, you know, sometimes God, to take care of your enemies, sometimes God wants you to make a friend out of them. And sometimes God wants to use and bless them many times to get them off your case. Right? I mean, really, it's not you that's making the person upset. There's something going on inside of them. Why? They're, they're at war. Nobody is exempt from this, folks. Recognize the bodies in this world, but the soul and the spirit are in a spiritual, can be susceptible to a spiritual realm. Do you understand that? And there are people that are affected by this. But when you worship him and you go to him, then the love of God comes in you and they start blessing you and they start changing the world. But over here, it's the opposite. Which one are you going to be? As for me and my house, I'm going to tell you right now, we're going to be this right here. We're going to be this right here. We're going to be blessing people. We're going to be making a difference in our world, and we're going to go to this side, and we're going to bombard this side over here, and we're going to pray against the spirit of darkness, and we're going to pray that God would move from our lives. See, in this realm, it's acts of kindness. In this realm, we're praying against spirits. Ah, that's a good one, right? Watch this. Watch this. When love moves, love moves through your spirit because he loved you. You feel the love of God through your spirit. Then you pray, and the love of God comes here to make a difference. So if somebody's giving you a tough time in this world, right here. Oh, got to make a mug. Oh, let me go back. Right? Okay, let's just make a mug. You know? Me. Here we go. Okay. Oh, I forgot. I'm sorry. Forgive me, Lord. I got to do it. Okay. If somebody, if somebody is being mean to you or giving you trouble, you see, this was the guy on, on the seashore, in the Gadarenes. He had many spirits. Where do you think those spirits came from, folks? Those spirits came from right here, right? And But Jesus came and loved him. But when Jesus addressed him love, listen to this now. This is the point I'm trying to make you. You need to remember this one. If you don't remember any other thing, remember this illustration right here. This may be a little bit entertaining, but I do it for, for, for memory's sake so you can remember and understand this. Jesus dealt with the men of the gatherings with love, but he dealt through love. He defended and took it out on hell. He didn't love hell, but love through his soul, through Jesus' soul, his body, soul, and spirit, he attacked the devil right here. He attacked the devil. You are never supposed to attack people. You pray against a spirit that influenced them, if you can identify with it. But you pray love and favor in their life. And I promise you, 
If you'll pray for them, God will cause you to rise up above every circumstance, and you'll never be below, because I'm going to tell you something. If you're not walking in your authority in the body of Christ, it's because you're not walking in love, in the love of Christ. I have to slow down and teach you. I have to slow down and make sense of this. I went to church for many years, and it was all about hype and how loud can I, you know, say something and how far can I spit. But I don't want you to leave here just emotionally touched, but never discipled and changed. So take notes. Write this down. Think of churches coming to the university of the kingdom of God. You're coming to get changed and coming to get influenced. And there'll be moments where we're going to worship and get into it. But I'm going to tell you something. You've got to get things in your brain and in your mind and understand these things because hell will have a heyday if you don't know who the real enemy is. Hell will make you think that the real enemy is a person. It's not a person. There are spirits in this world. There are people that are living in places and being influenced by things but we don't realize, and it holds them back. It holds them back to a place where they can't prosper. No matter what he does, no matter what they do, they can't get loose from it. But the good news is we have a God who shed his blood for us. We have a God who shed his blood for us. That when he dropped that blood, in this world, that blood had a voice. That blood made a difference. That blood changed our life. And because of that, the Spirit of God moves into our life, into this world. And we are able to ward off every spirit and fight against everything. And you think, the reason I said blood has a voice because God hears everything, even when Abel, listen to this, when Abel was killed by Cain, what did God tell Cain? Why do I hear the blood of your brother Abel speaking out to me? And in Hebrews it says that the blood of Jesus cries out greater things than the blood of Abel. Isn't that amazing? Like I told you earlier, Whatever God created has to listen, and he hears. God created you. God can hear your cry. You're no different, but God knows where you're at. He knows every thought in your mind. He loves you so much. God loves you so much, and he is for you. But all you have to do is decide that he gave you the ability to be influenced by him and nothing else in this world. I'm going to tell you something. If hell knew who Jesus was, the scripture says they would have never have crucified him. But what was going to ever happen? The battle's not over there, folks. The battle's not done yet. Because now hell has you to deal with 
because Jesus lives inside of you and you're in this world and this is where he tries to be an influence but can't be an influence. He's constantly trying to come in, change people's hearts, change people's minds. But guess what? There's a war in the heavenlies. There's a place, there's something going on up here where heaven is attacking hell at every level and it's surrounded by everything around it and scared What's ever going to happen if you and I ever get completely aligned up with God and the Spirit of God is flowing through you with authority? What I'm trying to tell you is, is that greater is he that's in you, folks, than him that's in the world. Greater is, is he in you. And when Jesus gave you that place, he gave you a name that's above every name. Last point, point number, number two, and I'm coming to a close, is that he gave us a name with all power. You have a name with all power. You know, kings had a signet ring. You know what a signet ring is? It's a ring that has a certain design on it that can be impressed on hot wax that was placed on envelopes and letters. Back in those days, that king had a signet, and he gave one to every one of his people in authority that when they gave a, a letter out and wrote a letter out, they would have to see that signet to verify it was them because they're the only ones that had that signet ring. So he would seal it. The scripture says that God gave a signet ring called, he called a prophet, he called a man, a king, his signet ring that would validate every word that he sent. God said that, that he sealed us with the Holy Ghost. God said he sealed us with the Holy Ghost, with the Holy Spirit. That was his seal. When God seals you, but the name of Jesus is the identity of that seal. The name of Jesus. You know, Nehemiah, all he needed to go through the countryside was a signet message from the ring, kind of like a notary note, a notary letter that they impress and make a signet impression on that. Well, that's what the king had and gave to Nehemiah, gave him a letter, and he sent it off, and he put his signet signature on there, and it had his identity of who he was. When God gave you his spirit, his name came with it. There's power in the name of Jesus Christ. There's authority in that name of Jesus Christ. It is one with the Spirit. It's identified as that and uniqueness of it. This is why Jesus said, he said, all power is given to me in heaven and in earth. In other words, he gave permission. God gave me permission. It's there in Matthew 28 and 18. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, all power is given to me in heaven and earth, all power is given to me in these areas. Guess what? You're seated with him. You have his spirit inside of you. And then when you pray, you're now surrendering to what's inside you to get to here. And when you act, you're now letting the spirit flow through you. And you have the authority. That's why there is nothing in this world that can stop you from rising up to your full destiny. A relationship, the reason why we come to church is to enhance our relationship with God. Trust me, try not going to church for a while and see how much it affects you. 
It will affect you. It will. Try not praying and know and see how much it will affect you. Try not reading your Bible and getting the word into your soul and your mind and see how much it will affect you. It will affect your prayer life. But when you're surrendered to him, you're now influenced by him. And the influence that you carry, it's all in the name of the Lord. Why do you think we baptize in that name? You're now taking a seal upon you. You're saying, I want the name of Jesus infused into my life. How many of you love, love it when we baptize people at the church? I love it. I understand baptism. We love it so much because we understand it. I don't, it's not just calling. The Bible says, as many as call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. That goes both ways. When you confess it and when you speak it over people's life, here's the difference. Salvation has many levels. Salvation has many levels. In other words, you can experience salvation in so many ways. Don't just Bind it just to one experience at the altar. Salvation comes in when, it's, when he saves you from temptation, when he saves you from being sick, when he saves you from dying, when he saves you from being hurt, when he saves your soul. Salvation has no limits. But when we call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and that power in that name, and when you go in the water and we pray in Jesus' name, you've now accepted the name into your life. You have made a public declaration that you're part of the family. And your last name just isn't Rivera, Gonzalez, Garcia, uh, uh, Kuchka, right? Holt, Figueroa. Your last name is now Robert X Rivera Jesus. That's what I think. That's what I know because I wanted his name. I wanted to be part of the body, so I got baptized into a body. I got baptized into a body of believers, and I wanted to be part of the family, so he put his spirit inside of me. I've been sealed. Not only do I have the seal, I've got the signet, I've got the image, I've got the name. I've got the name. So there is nothing. Here's what I close with. Come on, Haley. Here's what I close with this Sunday morning. Rising above our problems and challenges is our choice. That's it. Because there's nothing God can't do. But it's in you. Nothing or no one can stop what's in you. The storm couldn't stop Jesus from going on the other side to reach a man that was full of demons. And all those demons couldn't stop Jesus from reaching that one man. Let me, let me encourage all of you that are waiting for your family to be saved. There's no storm that happens in your life. There's no demon that can stop your family members from being saved. You know what you have to do? Love God and love them. They are never, I'm just going to give this advice really quickly. They are never going to be one to your church or to your family or to God by you preaching down to them, putting them down all the time. That is not how you win your loved ones. You win your loved ones by loving God, being true to God, and loving them as an example, no matter what, even when they're unlovable. 
That's how you know you have the love of God. Not when everybody treats you well. Ay, que bonita. That's so good. Yay. Remember when you were a kid? Yay. All right. <laughs> oh, again, it was so funny when my family, my family used to say, yay. We did that when they made a good poop. Yay. When they're on the toilet getting trained, yay. No diapers. Yay. No diapers, boy. Thank you, Jesus. God loves you so much. He loves you so much. God applauds you every single time that you outgrow something or you resist something. Sometimes it's not even hard when you got so much love inside of you. God's been so good to you. Some things don't even affect you anymore. You're just walking in love, and you love you love people, and you love love God, and and it, it's the grace of God, folks. That's the grace of God. You have someone inside of you that can't be stopped. You have someone inside of you that knows how to be peaceful and loving and long suffering and patient and kind, and knows not to be proud and arrogant and all these things. I'm going to tell you, and if God can do it for somebody like me, I know God can do it for somebody like you. I've learned how to love throughout the years. I've learned how to love because I've experienced hate enough. Enough hate. I've learned not to be jealous because I've learned to, I've learned how to wrestle with God's benevolence and generosity in my life to just drown the voice of jealousy in my heart. That's the challenge. God's God's just waiting up on me to get right so he can flow through there. And I got to remember, he put me in a place with him. He put me in a place with him. Before that, I was right here. But God saved me now. I'm right here. And he put me in a place now where in this world, I don't have to worry about being defeated. I don't have to worry about being influenced or letting a problem come to me because I've got a God who lives inside of me that loves me and cares about my problems. The disciples said to Jesus, care is not that we perish, Lord. The storm is here. And Jesus just stood up and said, peace be still. And they were like, they all said to each other, man is this? What kind of man is this that even the winds and the rain obey him? I'll tell you what kind of man he was. He was the son of God. He was the lion of the tribe of Judah. He was the chief cornerstone. He was the creator of all things. Now get that in your mind and get that revelation. Feed him, adore him, worship him, and watch him begin to expand in your life and enlarge your territory and change your influence. Some of you, God wants to promote you to a place of influence where you can have an influence in people's lives and watch their hearts turn to God. Some of you just need to invite people to church. 
Don't worry about it being in the back of a warehouse. Tell them, hey, man, you know what? Go on the inside because our vision will blind you. Because we're going places. So anyone watching on the internet right now, I'm going to tell you, don't wait till we get to our new facility to come visit. Start now because God is doing a great thing at this church. God is doing a great thing. We're getting ready for the future. But God is raising up people right now with authority who have confidence in Christ. You're not afraid. Part of the reason why we got to get this message down in our heart is because God's people can no longer be bullied. God's people can no longer stay a prisoner to all of their hell's devices. God's people are bigger than that, better than that, because greater is he inside of you, again, than he that's in the world, and you have a place in him. Come on, stand to your feet this Sunday morning. You have a place in him. That word, that word power comes from the Greek word that means to to give permission. When Jesus said, the Father's given me all power, what he was saying was he had given him permission, authority over, authority over. He had given him rule. A sign of his authority to validate that he had called him to build the church. The builder of the church is Jesus. But guess what? Who's the church? You are. Is this building the church? It's not the church. It's where we worship, right? This is where we worship. But you are the church. And guess what? If he came to build the church, he came to build you, right? Right? So he came to build your family. He came to build your love. He came to build you up. He wants to build your family through you. Let him build you. That's why the the Bible, that's why the scripture says in the book of Jude, Praying in your most holiest faith. Praying in the Holy Ghost. Praying in the Holy Spirit to build up your faith. To build up your, your, your strength. Why don't we lift up our hands right now. Before we walk out of the building. Can you just lift up your hands and say, Lord Jesus. I surrender to you right now. There is nothing going to stop. What your plans are. For my family for my children, for my life, for my neighbor's life, for every friend of mine that you have plans for. I am not going to be the reason why those plans why those plans aren't fulfilled. But I want to be part of the reason for them being fulfilled. So Lord, increase your presence in my life. Increase your authority in my life. Increase the revelation of who you are in my life. I surrender to you right now. Say, I surrender right now. I surrender my heart. I surrender my mind. I surrender my soul. I thank you, dear Lord, 
right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Our mission here at Covenant Life Center is to help our world live, give, and love like Jesus. If our ministry has impacted you in any way, we would love for you to email us at info at clcvictoria.org. You can get connected with us through our social media at CLC Victoria and download our app.